Grab some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. Welcome to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt. Sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Now, here's Jeff Hunt. Well, howdy, friends. It is the Centennial Institute's Frontier Freedom Hour. We are so grateful to have you with us. This is going to be an absolutely incredible program, a historic program today that you're not going to want to miss. Make sure you tune in for the entire hour. If you end up having to miss part of it, you can always download our podcast by going to FrontierFreedomRadio.com. That's FrontierFreedomRadio.com. Well, my name is Jeff Hunt. I have the incredible privilege of being the director of the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University and co-chairman of the Western Conservative Summit, which is coming up in just a few weeks, June 3rd and 4th at the Gaylord Rockies. You can get tickets at WesternConservativeSummit.com. That's WesternConservativeSummit.com. One of the largest annual gatherings of conservatives in the Western United States, 40 nationally renowned conservative speakers speaking to 2,100 conservatives gathered together here at the Gaylord. Likely 100,000 people tuning in online, uh, over 60 partnering organizations. And today, on today's show, we're going to hear from John Andrews, the founder of the Western Conservative Summit and the Centennial Institute. He really is the kind of Johnny Appleseed of the conservative movement, uh, helped found think tanks all over the country. And if you're in Colorado, you surely know his name. So we're going to hear from John Andrews in just a few minutes. Joining me in the studio today is Jamie Urker, Director of Communications for the Centennial Institute and producer of the Frontier Freedom Hour. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, Jeff. Great to be here, as always. Great to have you. A proud daughter of Colorado Christian University went on to the Heritage Foundation, interned in the Trump White House, and is now working for us at the Centennial Institute, making a big difference. Get to know Jamie Erker's name. She's going to be leading the state one day. Trust me, I know talent. She's she's uh, very, very talented and is doing great work for the conservative movement. You know, a lot of people ask me, Jamie, about this program. They say, well, why don't you do more jokes? And I always use the Will Rogers line. I don't make jokes. I just watch the government and report the facts. (laughs) Sadly, that's accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Famous cowboy wisdom from Will Rogers. What do you call a retired cowboy, Jamie? Ooh, I don't know. Deranged. Deranged. Wow. <laughs> We're off the range. Did you did you come up with that one by yourself? Uh, of course or did not. you look that no, up? I used okay. some cowboy wisdom. <laughs> cowboy wisdom. Well, I want to uh, start off the show today talking about the challenges we're facing in Colorado because this is very important for people to understand. Uh, the nature of where we are in Colorado. If you're like me, you grew up in Colorado. This is not the state that we inherited. Uh, This is not the state we were born in. It's changed dramatically. And I think uh, going back to Frank Capra's uh, famous movie, It's a Wonderful Life, can help guide us as we understand really what's happening in our state and what we can do about this. If you remember Frank Capra's movie, It's a Wonderful Life, it's one of my favorite movies out there. And I brought up this example when I debated guys that were promoting legalized pot in this state, that uh, you can have one of two states. You can't have both at the same time. You can either have Bedford Falls or you can have Pottersville. Now, if you remember in the movie, Bedford Falls was the kind of idyllic 
town for people to live in. It wasn't perfect, but it was very good. Neighbor helped neighbor. Crime was low. Greed was low. You remember they went dancing and the floor opened up and it was a, a place where you could walk home at night and it was safe. And it really was a, a great community where people helped each other. And that was kind of the message of of the, the film at the end was that if you ran into problems, well, your neighbor was there to give you a hand. Well, it, it cut back to if Jimmy Stewart was never alive and you have Pottersville. And in Pottersville, you had fighting in the streets and, and Potter owned everything and women were resorting to dancing and entertaining. You had strip clubs. Neighbors weren't helping each other. In fact, there was fighting, like I mentioned. It was a city that was built upon greed and pleasure, not service. Uh, Esquire magazine once wrote, uh, it's a wonderful life. This was the title of their article. It's a wonderful life. Pottersville actually looks way more fun than Bedford Falls. It was written by Dom Nero. And his argument was, well, in Pottersville, you've got drinking, you've got carousing, you've got live music, and and uh, it seems like a lot more fun than that boring uh, Bedford Falls. And that was kind of what was sold to Colorado in the 2010s. If you remember back in 2012, we legalized marijuana, but you had all these bars popping up and this push to legalize the drugs and and all that. And it was kind of this idea that we're going to have a very lively state and that Colorado was going to be a really fun state. Well, uh, as a result, I think we look at our state right now and we have very serious problems. You cannot have both cities existing at the same time. In, in Colorado right now, we have... Uh, record uh, homelessness, we've got drug overdoses, we've got crime, serious crime issues. And so this idea that it was just going to be fun, that we were just going to lavish, we were just going to dance in the streets, really didn't come true. Uh, Your community either has to be Bedford Falls or it has to be Pottersville. What appeared to be fun isn't fun anymore. We have serious consequences. We're building, we're not building a community that's helpful or friendly to families. In Denver, let's just look at Denver. You either have drug dealers and users, or you can have families, but we can't have both. These two groups do not coexist together, right? We, Denver used to be a place you can go downtown with your family. You can enjoy a nice day in the park, but now uh, you have drug overdoses, you have crime, you have homelessness down there. It doesn't mean that we don't help people that are addicted to drugs, but you're not going to have both living together in the same community. Uh, even Mayor Hancock gets this with regards to the crime that's taking place at Union Station. He wrote, or he said at a recent speech, this continues to be an unprecedented, eye-opening experience in the life of our city, Hancock said. Unfortunately, this is a season in our nation where we are seeing an amazing surge in synthetic opioids, fentanyl, and other deadly, dangerous drugs being proliferated across our cities. Recently, the Denver Police Department had to arrest 700 people since the start of the year, 700 people just at Union Station alone. So in his effort to kind of clean up Union Station, Mayor Hancock said, let me be clear, the sale and use of deadly illegal drugs and the violence and criminal behavior this activity invites will not be tolerated or normalized in our city. So in many ways, Mayor Hancock's waking up to this. We can't have both. We cannot have families down there enjoying Union Station and drug users and drug dealers at the same time. But he wants to respond with, quote, firm compassion. And that's where 
Mayor Hancock and the left gets this wrong. Firm compassion to drug dealers uh, is not going to be successful. Courtney Garrett, president and CEO of Denver Downtown Partnerships, said part of that is something, so she's responding to what we need to do to make it better. Part of what we need to be doing is that uh, every single person in Denver could show up. We, we need the non-drug dealers and the non-drug users to show up uh, and populate our business and enjoy the public spaces and bring it back to life. Now, in one way, she's right. You know, if you populate it with people that aren't using drugs, well, then it's going to be a safer community. But you're putting all the risk on the families then. You you need to take your kids down to Union Station to make it better. Uh, not necessarily we need to, need to be tougher on drug dealers. You notice that that's not really promoted here. It's the idea that, uh, well, we just need to have families there. So what do we need to do? Well, the left's worldview from top to bottom is flawed. All right? It gets human nature wrong. This idea that we just need to uh, have more firm compassion upon uh, those that are drug users and drug dealers will change this. Uh, they're wrong. So they draft laws that aren't effective. You ever wonder why the more liberal the city, the worse it is, right? So the more that liberals are in control, whether it's Portland, San Francisco, Seattle, even Denver, they can't solve their problems. They have homeless problems. They have crime problems. They have drug addiction drug addiction problems. So the solution is, and this is really important for everybody listening, Christian conservatives must stand up to lead. Yes, I'm talking to you listening right now. You, our country, our city, our communities, our state desperately needs you. Proverbs 29.2 says this, when the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they rejoice grown. It's this notion of common grace. Proverbs 29 2. I'm going to read it again. When the godly are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked are in power, they groan. What is this notion of common grace? Theologians have talked about this. It's, it's the idea that God blesses all people and that, you know, sometimes it rains, sometimes it suns, uh, the sun shines on all people. And when Christians are in control, you end up with this this kind of common grace that pours out to everybody. You may not agree with the Christian conservative worldview, but these communities tend to be better run, better managed. Uh, the more conservative the community, as I just mentioned, the more liberal they are, the more oftentimes the worse they are. Well, the more conservative, the more godly they are, the oftentimes it's better for everybody. Not just those that are Christian conservatives, but for everybody. We, we create systems that actually help people out of homelessness. We create systems that help people out of drug addiction. Uh, we, we encourage people to get jobs and to get married and to raise families. And so you end up with a more common uh, grace upon our entire communities. So I want to encourage everybody listening here, please think of some way that you can step up, whether it's running for city council, whether it's run, being active in your school board. We cannot just leave our communities to leftists that have a broken worldview, that are happy with a Pottersville-like approach to our communities while everybody suffers as a result of it. So uh, please step up and get involved. Uh, I want to uh, encourage you to stick around for the remainder of our show. We're going to have John Andrews when we come back from this commercial break. You get a chance to hear from the founder and creator of the Western Conservative Summit, the Centennial Institute, the Independence Institute, and a whole host of other conservative think tanks around the nation. We're going to be talking about the history of the Western Conservative Summit. And when we come back after that, 
we'll be hearing from Peter Kerr, the Dean of the School of Business at Colorado Christian University. So stick around, uh, listen to the Frontier Freedom Hour, and we'll be back right after these messages. Thank you.